from VentureX Studios, it's JP, Kathy, and the crew. And the crew, the crew, the crew. I don't know why I like to echo that. I don't know. Uh, anyways, uh, good time. So, hey, how are you? Good morning, and welcome to JP, Kathy, and the crew. We've got lots to talk about on the show, and I feel like this is one of those things where, Dr. Good, heck, we need an hour just for your topic alone. Um, <laughs> we need an hour for Van and Congressman Van Taylor's topics alone. So, all right, all right. So let's just dive right in. Um, hope you're having a wonderful day and so glad that you have chosen to join us this morning. Of course, we have with us Dr. Good of the Ask Dr. Be Good show here on the JPK um, Broadcasting Network. Um, she is our education expert and beekeeper and health expert. Um, it, 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 we've got we've got a wide variety of titles that we could uh, and topics we could talk to her about. Well, <laughs> You know, that happens when you get old. You just sort of keep learning stuff, right? And so... Not everybody, is, but you should. You're like you're like the example yeah. of what people should do. You're, you were always looking for that next challenge. And, um, you know, just so glad that you're still part of our network and that you're able to bring yeah. such great advice to us. Um, you know, um, you're, this is a news, a news story that you're going to be reporting on today and discussing. This Fox News has picked this topic up. This is such a big deal that um, you're going to be on Fox News with this today. So thanks for breaking it here with us this morning. So let's talk about an issue that you, I mean, really, this is one of those things. Yeah. Before COVID, this would have never been a thing. School supplies, in yes. shortage, supply chain issues. Anybody surprised? You know, nobody thinks about that until you sort of put the two together, right? Supply chain issue. You got it. School supplies. And it. so all of a sudden, backpack shortages, sneakers, apparel, you know, kids' clothes, all of those things are um, in short supply. So, it, and it may mean that you'll find some, but that means that choices are very limited. They have less choices than they've had in the past. So I would recommend, first of all, that if you haven't started thinking about school supplies, this is the time to start thinking about it, right. to go and make sure that you can get the the school clothes, the backpack that you want. And then if you can't find everything, then you start communicating with the school. You know, that's always my message, right? About communication between the parents and the school. And if you have trouble finding school supplies, then I would certainly ask the school to say, can I buy one semester's worth of stuff? And, and in my perfect world, we would do that anyway. Here's my perfect world scenario. I was going to say, I what, would have, what is that and why is that? <laughs> okay, so my perfect school scenario based on 35 years in education is that we wouldn't expect parents to buy a year's worth of supplies because nobody can do that. There's a couple of things that happen every year that's a real pain. That is, we have these well-meaning, well-intentioned parents who did what the school asked them to do, and they bought you know, these three bags of, of school supplies. And when you have 22 kids bringing three bags of school supplies, that's a lot of stuff to store, right? Right. And so storage is always an issue in classrooms. And then, actually, I shouldn't have said 22 kids. Then you have 19 out of 22. Then you have three kids who didn't buy all the school supplies or didn't, you know, buy them at all. And so then we have issues about... Are we letting other pe other kids use our, you know, help use our school supplies? And then when we leave in the middle of the school year, parents often want half of their school supplies back, 
And it's by that time, it's like, well, I don't even know. Maybe if you're lucky, you put all your names on things. But you see the, the problems that always, those are yearly issues in school. I would love for us to think of it in a different way. Yes, we need paper and pencil and maybe a new backpack. And, and I don't know. We really should train our kids to reuse and recycle if we can and only buy new when we have to. And then um, at, at the end of the first semester, the expectation might be that for our stocking gifts, that we get new pencils and, and pens and coloring pencils and all of that so that we restock our kids coming back for the second semester. Maybe grandma and grandpa help buy some um, school supplies for Christmas. I mean, you know, see what I'm doing? You know, I'm it, pacing it out. And I like, I like that. It, it, that's, and that's interesting. You know, I think back in the day when I got, you know, every so often in, in this, as a stocking gift, usually there was some kind of candy, but we would get, you know, some type of marker or um, a map coloring pencil. Remember, oh gosh, I literally, I could have lived off the box of 64 crayons and map coloring pencils. And I, I was like the happiest kid ever. That's why I like adult coloring books. Shocking. Mm -hmm. um, but it's one of those things. I think back in the day where I thought that was really cool. I wonder nowadays if kids would be like, crayons or markers in my in my Christmas stocking but then again things are changing and maybe we need to make sure we get back to some old values that we had back in the day before it was like oh okay I've got a new iPhone in my stocking mm. yeah <laughs> that, and that's yeah, a whole nother topic for a whole nother day <laughs> so really the message here is be in communication with the school if you're having trouble finding all the supplies on the list maybe we say to the teacher hey I'm going to be the parent that tells you right now I'm going to commit to restocking my kid when they come back from winter break. So I'm only going to send half the pencils, half the paper and all that. And if we need more before then, I will get that. Not a problem. But right now we have you know issues finding all of this um, due to supply chain issues. I think you'll find other parents have that problem as well. And so the teacher is now aware of the issue and so forth. So, again, common sense communication. Oh, I might have to copyright that phrase. Common uh, <laughs> sense communication. Yeah, right? hashtag that one. <laughs> I love so, it. So, anyway, we, um, we don't communicate well enough with our schools. Many times our parents are reluctant to bother the teacher don't be that parent. Be the parent that sends the email on a regular basis, maybe even asking how that teacher's doing, right? And not only asking how our child is doing, but asking how the teacher is doing. Reach out to the teacher and get to where you understand how that teacher communicates so that when you see the change in the way the teacher's communicating, maybe a little brisk this time. You know, maybe the teacher didn't spend as much time on the message as she or he has in the past. Maybe that's the time to reach out and say, hey, um, what's going on? How can I help? Here's a, here's a $10 gift card to uh, Starbucks, and uh, I hope that sort of helps make you know that we're thinking about you. Common sense communication with a little extra sweetness. Well, and, and, we, and we've talked, you and I have talked about this before, especially um, 
you know, right right when the pandemic started and everybody had to do remote learning, which another thing I'd, I'd like to talk with you about, and maybe next week when, we, when there's more out there, um, is the CDC now saying, okay, we've got to reverse, um, reverse even if you're vac- double vaccinated, sorry, you, still, you have to wear a mask again, you know, and there's possible fines with that. So let's, I want to put that, you know, of that, okay. that bee in your bonnet, pun intended. You're a beekeeper um, for ne- for next week, but le- but with the school supplies, so okay, it's one of those things that you can. A lot of times, you can purchase your supplies from the school. My question is: Is that as readily available this year with going back to school after the pandemic? And is that something that people are going to will? Because that was always a thing where everybody was together, and if you're a volunteer, you're putting all the boxes and everything together in the school gym there'd be a bunch of moms and everything you know been there and done that back in the day and then you're distributing them and that's a very up close and personal physical thing so is are are all of the schools offering the prepaid prepackaged so to speak box of back to school supplies has that changed with covid and then when you're going into the store are there certain items that we're lacking? And again, we go back to the supply the, the supply chain. When you had a lot of warehouses shutting down, now with the second wave, is that an issue? Or do you have some states maybe where we're, we're supposed to be getting the school supplies from and they're shutting down again? You know, what, well, what's the so issue? Answer your very first part, the very first part of your question is, a lot of the prepackaged stuff depends on how active your PTA is, because normally your Good PTA point. will do Good the point. fundraiser. Yep. So if you have a very active PTA, they probably took care of that at the end of last year or during the summer, and you may have a chance to get most of the things within your package. I wouldn't be surprised if the package come with, oh, we could get 90% of the things on the list, but uh, these are the things that are going to come in later, maybe in September. Okay, uh, that's gotcha. you know perfectly understandable, um, and and the, the like I said mentioned earlier the biggest things that are right now in short supply sneakers because guess where they all come from backpacks China. And again, this is okay. So the pandemic and the second strain and all this stuff, um, wherever you are on being concerned or not concerned about it, again, it's a global issue. And so if these supplies and, you know, and I've seen that on some of the folks who collect backpacks and different things like that, it's you just don't have... Like, I remember, you know, a few years back when the kids were younger, um, you know, we would go into a grocery store and, heck, you could go to a Tom Thumb or a Kroger's and you could get your kids backpack, lunchbox. There was like a whole big just special section just for that Mm -hmm. at the grocery store. So that way you didn't have to take a special trip to Academy or, you know, to to Walmart or whatever the case may be. I'm not seeing that any longer. I don't see, like, I, I'm going back to the grocery store, and I don't see an aisle filled with lunch boxes, an aisle filled with backpacks. So is that part of the pandemic? Well, well, yeah, of course. You know, the supply chain issues began there. There's some, I'm sure there's some politics involved. You know, we're not. Politics? What? <laughs> We're not at the best place right now, politicking with uh, China. Um, so ultimately, though, let's, again, common sense thinking around recycle, reuse. What if we say to our our kids, hey, let's think about this. Your lunchbox that you ended up with last uh, year is perfectly usable. Can we please not buy a new one? 
And, right. and it, that really, that shouldn't even be the choice of the child, right? That's that's a parent choice to say. We oh, won't but that's but-, but you know that's that's another thing. Yeah. It's kind of that cultural shift in society where. Um, your kid says, well, no, everybody's getting, oh gosh, what Vera Bradley, I'll never forget my daughter when she was at St. Mark's Catholic school, middle school. And I remember everybody had the Vera Bradley backpack. Well, first of all, I, we got one on sale and it was under the, the, um, under the guise that, Hey, if we're going to spend this kind of money on a backpack, this is a two year backpack kind of a thing. So but then I'm thinking back going, okay, and I negotiated that with my kids, so I'm part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> parents part of the parenting Darn, problem? What? That's crazy. What? <laughs> there are books written about that. Oh. So, yeah, it, it keeps me in content. Yes. For sure. <laughs> I love it. So anyway, okay, messages, check with your you know favorite store where you usually get your supplies right if you haven't been thinking about school supplies and earlier rather than later and it may be again that you'll have to bring it as it comes in right again don't be that parent maybe that brings every single thing on the list Uh, be the parent that sends the the reasonable amount of paper pencil and uh, tissues right and then Make the make the promise to the teacher that as things get depleted, you'll be happy to replace. And that right. way, you're you're spreading it out. It doesn't have a storage issue in the classroom. It, you know, if you if you happen to be one of those parents that moves and wants to take your school supplies with you, which is, you know, yeah, it, I, you don't you don't see that too we often. Never, but yeah, <laughs> we do have parents who ask that, and and you know, everything on that list is really not a year's worth. Right. right. No, um, no. We, we, and so it's it's always that um, very sticky problem of having to share with the parent that we we don't have any paper left of your yeah. of your son's <laughs> yes. with you. Can we can we please have some more? You know. Well, and again, no. I think this is this is one of those things that it's. Um, you know, it used to be a rite of passage where you went with your parent and it was a big deal picking out your school supplies. I don't think that's as much the case anymore. Um, you know, I just, I, I just, especially, you know, it, it used to be, it, it was a big deal. Like we, if we got to go with, with our mom and, you know, get our trapper keeper, you know, or you got to pick out your notebook and it had a cat, a kitten or a puppy or something on it. And that was so awesome. Um, I don't think that's as big of a deal anymore. I don't think, um, school supplies have the same significance especially when you have a lot of the work being done especially as the kids get older on an ipad or a tablet or a pc or a laptop or whatever the case may be as as we you know uh progress towards almost all things virtual but um so i it kind of makes me think of twofold the emotional part of it um which which is huge you know the 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 parent you know, kid um, interaction, but now we truly have an issue with a supply and demand thing. So this is a chance, again, as you always so eloquently advocate for, reach out to the school, let them know, hey, you know what, um, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, you know, 10 packs of notebook paper on a shelf. I, we don't want it to be the great toilet paper shortage of, you know, what, 2020? Was that 2019 or 2020? My gosh, time's passed too fast. 20, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, you, you, so yeah, is it okay if I just send, you know, 
a, a package of notebook paper with my kid the first day of school, and then in in a month or so, I'll send the next two that I'm that I'm mandated or required that are required of me. And I think that's a good reason to reach out to the school. Also, I find I'm still finding this, and I, I know we're, we you need to get on your way and get on Fox News, but um, I'm finding that there are still people and intelligent, you know, uh, people who are still confused about back to school in person here in the state of Texas. Everybody's yeah. there. Are some people are like, well, we're still, my husband and I are still trying to make up our mind on that. And I'm like, ah. I, there, there, there is none. And so I'm like, I, I wonder again, are you reading the communications from your school ISD? Is your ISD private school, charter school, public school, whatever you're going to, is it, are they communicating with you effectively? That concerns me that I still see people like in a, in a chat yeah. message, you know, on social media saying, well, we're still trying to determine, um, you know, with the second strain, we may go ahead and start at home and then look at going back to school, mm -hmm. you know, second six weeks. And I'm like, that, that's, not, you can't. So, are not you, a choice are anymore. you finding that? Well, no, I'm not seeing that, but then, you know, I, I, I'm the one giving out the communication. Right, I'm right. So, um, and there are a couple of things that I, that you, when you were talking, I remembered and I wanted to say before I left one is make sure that the backpack that your school wants is not the clear one. You know, some schools have gone to oh, clear backpack. Oh yes. For security so reasons. Number one. Yep. And, and then I'm, you also triggered the memory. I was reading this, the article that triggered all this and the discounts aren't there that things cost up to 30% more. Oh, and yeah. the, you know how it used to be 10, 10 for a dollar and all that. So expect to pay more for the fewer supplies. That's so, I'm glad you mentioned that because, well, it's, it's right now we're in a, we've got inflation going on. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. The gas pump costs you more money. The grocery store, and, and you've talked about this with us on our show, a weekly, you know, shopping trip to the grocery store all of a sudden, you're yeah. like, I bought the same amount and the same exact things I buy every week. And why is it $30 more? Why is it $20 more? Why is yeah. it $19 more? Um, so you're right. You're probably not going to see, you know, uh, th these great no, deals. The crazy discount. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That's a good, that's a very yeah. good point. So we've got to be, we've got to watch yeah. for that. We've got to watch for that. Well, yeah. how can people follow you? First of all, um, your show, eight, eight to nine here every Sunday on the JPK Broadcasting Network. Um, how do people follow right. you? How can they get alerts for your show? Um, um, how can they find out, um, like, are you going to post on your um, social media, your interview today with Fox about this important issue? How can they follow you and watch right. you? So the, the Facebook page, the Ask Out To Be Good Facebook page is the best place uh, to follow and like me. And that will automatically send you notifications. As soon as uh, I get the links from the radio stations, I put them on there. So, again, you'll be notified on that. So look forward to having a few more people like and follow me. And we'll see you either Sunday at 8 or the rebroadcast at 6 o'clock on Thursdays. And just a plug for the new show, we uh, JP and I did our first oh, Saving the World Through Health and Wellness excellent. podcast. And so I, I'm not quite sure when that's going to air. I've got the logo for it that I sent uh, JP, and Love so we it. are 
are ready to save the world through health I and wellness love as well. It. I think that's awesome. I know JP's back on JP's kitchen, and get, he said that he's just he started feeling bad, and he said. I, I know it's time to do something about my health, and you're you're obviously a huge um, healthcare advocate as well. Um, so, as a matter of fact, um, your paraben free. Um, what else free? I'm trying the facial cream. That that's what's on my yeah. face this morning. <laughs> so thanks for that. Me too. <laughs> I love it. All right. All right. Well, guys. have a great rest of the week. We'll see you soon. Have a great day Thank today, Doctor Good. All right, um, Rebe Dr. Rebecca Good of the Ask Dr. Be Good show. Um, good information, first of all, yes, because of inflation, um, because every, the cost of everything is rising and continues to rise, which is scary. We're um, not even a year into this administration, and there's already cost concerns. So when you go to purchase school supplies for your kids, they are going to be more expensive. And when the school supplies are on the shelves, if you look, it doesn't look like the past years of kids going back to school, and it doesn't look like the abundance. So um, Dr. Good, one of her suggestions was instead of getting the, you know, both semesters worth of school supplies, and then maybe the next parent coming along a couple of days later won't have anything to choose from, communicate with your school and say, hey, can I send the first six weeks of supplies? Can I send the first semester of supplies? Uh, which which I think is, is, is a good way to look at it. Um, but it's just tough because, again, you know, with the pandemic, a lot of things that we've taken for granted, a lot of things that were just convenient for us have kind of gone out the window. So so that's a shame. And, um, Brett, if you'll let me know when uh, Congressman Van Taylor is in the waiting room, because we'll put him on right away. But in the meantime, um, to to talk a little bit more um, at, at, at nauseam about the pandemic, um, you know, I, first of all, I'd like to know from the crew, does anybody know anyone who has gotten the second strain this, or has had, I, I've, I now personally know somebody who's, it looks like it's the second strain who's had COVID twice and they were vaccinated, um, a, a friend of mine out of the Houston area. So I'm kind of anxious just to see as that, as that rolls along because we've got um, the CDC who has come on and said that um, the Delta variant now they with with the with the rise in surge in the delta variant the cdc said on tuesday that it is it is recommending that people who are vaccinated in areas with high covid-19 spread still wear their masks indoors obviously here in texas um uh, uh our uh governor uh governor greg abbott has come out and he has said that um we're not going back to the mask mandates um, he's doing what everybody was wanting. I think what most Texans want to do is, hey, you know, let the business owners, let the individuals take care of them, their business, their customers, and let the individuals take care of themselves. And, you know, liberty, what a concept. And speaking of liberty, oh, there's my great segue into welcoming Congressman Van Taylor back to the show. How are you today, Congressman? Good morning, good morning, and good morning. Love it. We love it. Well, um, so I know we've got lots of things to talk about. HOV lanes here on Central Expressway. We want to talk about that. Um, there, <laughs> want to talk about the um, bill that would make sense that you had co-authored and signed on to about um, federal funds being used for the runaway Texas Democrats. So we want to talk about that. Also, the Hyde Amendment. But with the CDC, so... Do you think, okay, we, we know there's a second strain, um, you know, 
the CDC is now saying even if you're vaccinated, they're recommending if you're in a high surge area that, that you go back to, they want to mandate the masks. And then I've heard that the the that Congress was thinking of, um, present company excluded, was thinking of um, tacking on some kind of fine with that. I mean, again, how do you police that? I mean, do we have to, are we going to have to have like a tattoo or wear like a big scarlet letter A if you don't have a vaccine or something like that? A big scarlet letter V, I guess, for no vaccine. Um, how, how does this work? What are your thoughts on what the CDC is saying? And then your home state of Texas, what, what our governor is saying? Well, I think, I think the Biden administration has it totally wrong. Uh, you know, we've seen a 900% surge of COVID positive uh, people crossing the U.S.-Mexican border uh, illegally uh, in the first two weeks of July. Uh, and so clearly, I mean, clearly, you know, we're having, you know, a record number of COVID cases crossing our southern border. And the Biden administration, rather than saying, hey, let's close that down, let's protect Americans, let's stop this disease where it's coming from. Uh, they're actually continuing to have an open border. Uh, and so you're seeing record numbers of people cross that southern border and with, you know, really frightening numbers of COVID possible people. And uh, you've got another variant, the Lambda variant, the next variant after Delta is also coming from, from South America. And it's going to come across our southern border. And, you know, the Biden administration, I think, unfortunately, unless they make the, the, the responsible decision of, hey, we're going to shut down our southern border. It's for the protection of Americans. Uh, it's the right thing to do. Um, you know, we're going to continue to have, you know, this is this problem is going to get worse before it gets better. It is. And I, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Um, it's it's interesting. And um, Ann Guzman, who's a member of the crew, who she put this even she said this before you said it. She said if this vaccination and masking was about the health and not control, the border would be closed so tight that an ant couldn't get through. And so that's echoing what you said, that there's something to that. There is something to that, Congressman. No, and and actually, you know, I mean, you know, you take our, our, you know, our our friends to the north, the Canadians, uh, you know, there there is no crossing of the U.S.-Canadian border. Yep. Uh, And they had announced a few weeks ago that if you're a fully vaccinated American, they would allow you on a very limited basis to come across the, the U.S. Canadian border. So, so they they have very stringent protections uh, to try to protect their citizens uh, from COVID. And it's really shocking that the Biden administration wouldn't take sort of the health logic, national security. I mean, okay, so apparently they don't care about you know the drugs coming across the border they don't care about the trafficking coming across the border right they don't care about you know all these you know the the humanitarian suffering as a result of these open border policies but you would hope that if you're talking about the health and safety of americans across this country because these covid positive uh, uh 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 migrants are coming across the border and the Biden administration is literally busing them or putting them on planes anywhere in the country, anywhere they want to go without ID, without without doing any kind of background check, send them wherever they want to go. And that is spreading, that has got to be spreading COVID far and wide. Why you would continue to allow that to happen uh, when you know that that was a bad idea uh, is beyond me. And I mean, that's, that's one of the first things that President Biden stopped doing is he stopped deporting people using his Title 42 authority, which is to stop COVID. And so he's, they, you know, the Biden administration is is really giving up 
uh, or falling down on the job, depending on how you want to look at it, right. and just not protecting Americans. And, uh, and, it's, and, and it's heartbreaking. And it's not, you know, Congressman, it's not, and sorry to interrupt you, but it, that reminded me that next week um, after your segment on our show, we've got Maria Garcia, who's a dear friend of both of ours. She's going to be coming on and talking about the border. She actually went and volunteered at the K. Bailey Hutchison Center um, when those kids were there, and she was talking about how you would have 17-year-old kids molesting 13-year-old kids in the bathroom at the K. Bailey Hutchison um, uh, Center when, the, when we had a bunch of those kids there when they were just coming across the border in hordes. And, um, and, and she was saying how they were all concerned then, and this was even before the second strain of COVID was out there and was a thing, um, they were talking about how what would happen with those kids, the 17-year-olds, they'd be dropped off, and I'm using air quotes, with an aunt or an uncle or some quote-unquote family member, and there's no record of where they went, who they're with, so you've got all of the, the dangerous issues like you've mentioned, the, the human trafficking, the drug issue, but now, okay, then if, if this administration really is so concerned and, and we're talking fines in Congress for not wearing a mask, even if you're vaccinated, I mean, how hypocritical can an administration be? Yeah, it's, it's really shocking. I mean, you, you would want to be, you know, try to be consistent. And I mean, a very clear, there's no question that COVID positive cases are coming across the southern border. And there's no question that we as Americans have the ability to secure that southern border. We know the policies we need to have in place to secure it. You know, President Trump was able to secure the border during the COVID pandemic last year. We it was very much in control. President Biden didn't have to do anything to keep it in, to keep that to keep our southern border in control, and he chose not to do it. And the other the other thing coming across the southern border are criminals. Yes. Right? So you have you have, you have illegal aliens that are caught in this country, convicted. They serve their time. They're then deported, sent back to their home country. We're catching them at record numbers crossing our southern border, and these criminals are coming back into American cities to commit crime. Uh, and so it's just, it's, it's you know, from a safety point of view, to, to stop, and, you know, again, we have a rise in crime, we're having a rise in drug overdoses, we're having a rise in COVID, all as a result of the President of the United States making a conscious choice to open up our southern border, and then he chooses to, instead of make the right choice, which is, hey, let's secure our southern border, let's stop the criminals, let's stop the drugs, let's stop COVID, he's saying, you know what, I'm going to make Americans put masks on, your kids are going to put masks on, but I'm not going to make the people that are coming across the southern border put their masks on. I know. And we're going to give them free health care and free dental and all this kind of good stuff. I mean, it, it, again, oh. the hypocrisy is deafening. Um, let's let's talk another place where the hypocrisy is deafening. And, and I, I, you know, when I heard that you had stepped up to try to promote this and get this passed, I really appreciate this. And I know members of the crew do as well. And that is the Texas Democrats who fleed to D.C., who are getting treated like rock stars. They're flying on private planes. They're eating at the best restaurants. They've got all these people showering them with all kinds of stuff. I, I hope somebody's looking into their financial reports to see how many, how much national and you know federal PAC dollars have, have come into their coffers as a result of them not doing their job in Texas. Um, so what is this that you tried to pass and what happened? Why, why did something common sense like this get shut down? Well, what we're, we're trying to do is get an amendment made in order that, that, that no federal funds will be used to help uh, the, the Democrats that have walked off the job in the Texas House. Um, you know, it, it, is, it is really disappointing. 
when people refuse to do the job that they're hired to do, that they campaign to do, that they promise to do. Uh, and you've got Texas Democrats, and you know, there look, 12 million Texans showed up for work today. Yes. Uh, but there are 51 Democrats in the Texas House who decided to not only not show up for work, they're going to get as far away from as they can go to Washington, D.C., uh, and, mm. you know, try to ask for a federal takeover of elections. And I, and I said, look, no federal dollars should go to help these people uh, avoid going back to work. They need to go back to work. That's the right thing to do. Uh, they should not be encouraged uh, to avoid the job uh, by coming to Washington. And, and I mean, again, that just seems so plain and simple. But and it, this is something that you would imagine would get bipartisan support because it could be there could be a group of Republicans from another state who did the same thing. And it seems like don't we want it? You know, everything's supposed to be so fair and so equal with this big push for socialism. So here you go. We're just saying, hey, if you don't show up for your job as a legislator in your home state, you are not going to get treated and have federal federal dollars following you around and supporting your efforts of avoiding your job. Again, a normal person would be fired, but these people get to be on social media and on the regular media and they get to be treated like these rock stars. I mean, red carpets rolled out in DC. It's like they're the, you know, it's like we've you know, the episode of the crown. No, and to your point, uh, it is very difficult to get inside the U S Capitol. Uh, so, you know, if, if you were, Anybody from, you know, from North Texas came what? to, you know, me in the U.S. Capitol. Uh, you can only come in at certain hours. You have to be escort, escorted the entire time. You can only go from the entrance to my office and then back down to the entrance. So the Capitol is basically closed uh, to most people. But the but the, the Democrat legislators were actually allowed in the Capitol, allowed to go around without being escorted. Uh, they were allowed to you know, hang around in the dining hall for lunch. Uh, it was they, they got they, they literally got special treatment that you um, that, that regular citizens can't get. And I actually sent a letter to Speaker Pelosi saying, how the heck did that happen? Why yeah. are why are getting special preference uh, to people who are literally, you know, some of whom are under threat of arrest uh, for walking off the job uh, and refusing to do their job? Why are they getting special treatment that regular Americans cannot get? Exactly. I, Again, and this is where I love you go back to common sense. You're not being this is not an emotional issue. This is a hey, you know, why why isn't why aren't Texas state representative Democrats? Why are why are they getting special and preferential treatment? Again, if you're if you're an elected official, uh, you are there to serve we the people, period, end of sentence. And they're not doing their job. So you don't want to reward them in D.C., and somehow you're not on the right side of this issue. I, that's that's just that's crazy to me. Um, let's talk about um, something here locally that will definitely impact um, folks in Congressional District Three. Um, I was so glad when we were going back and forth for the um, uh, pre-production meeting yesterday. Um, HOV lanes came up. So talk to us about your leadership in the effort to get rid of possibly I don't I don't know if I want to put it out there and jinx it the HOV lanes on uh, 75 so so tell us about that and and how can how can the crew help you and help the other legislators who are leading this effort what can we do to help sure well uh, would love to get you know letters and calls uh, emails of support into into the Van Taylor congressional office uh, but, but working on a legislative basis 
basically to allow um, TxDOT to take down the pylons on the HOV lanes on US 75. Um, unfortunately, to do that re requires an act of Congress, uh, <laughs> and it, it is literally it, it is as hard as uh, that, that is a real thing. Uh, but was very fortunate uh, to uh, have worked uh, to get an amendment actually on a bipartisan basis uh, to, to made an order on the appropriations packages that are being voted uh, out of the U.S. House this week uh, to allow uh, allow uh, North Texas to get U.S. 75 HOV lanes back to free lanes uh, and not toll them, which is a, a huge step forward. Not promising that's going to happen. That's what I'm trying to have happen. Uh, and, you know, have worked with Congressman Allred uh, from Dallas. Uh, and, and he's, and, you know, we're, you know, thank, grateful to him for, you know, taking point on this, but have worked hard. Um, and this is our actually second legislative effort. And, 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 and at least within the House, we were actually, we won twice, hopefully we'll win twice on this um, once uh, a couple of weeks ago, and then hopefully this week as well. Uh, to try to get this out and make this an issue. And I think we're making our point, and I, I'm feeling more optimistic as time goes on. It's not a done deal. I want to emphasize that. Okay. Uh, and a lot of people, uh, you know, the county commissioner's court in Collin County has been working on this. The, the Central right. Council of Government in North Texas has been working on this. So there are a lot of different groups that have been trying to work on this. Um, and just grateful that we're, we're getting some traction finally in Congress to hopefully solve this problem. Well, and, and it's, you know, it's so crazy because having having been a county commissioner, I would think this is one of those things that the Collin County Commissioner's Court, like Grayson County, Collin County, and Dallas County, so, since so we're all contiguous, would work on this. The three commissioner's courts, you know, would would be able to decide this um, and, and have this, you know, it, easily resolved but you're right it takes an act of congress um to get this done um you know as somebody who still you know drives there I, you know it's so funny i have not thought about an hov lane and especially okay here let's look at the pandemic as well first of all the hov lane has been empty the the whole carpooling thing in you know especially in the state of texas we like our cars you know we're not big public transportation people we we use our cars um you know that's just the way it goes so you know i i don't know i don't know that i've ever really seen an hov lane filled oh unless there was an accident congressman and then i'm gonna say you look over there and you see people who are single drivers who are like forget it i'm getting in the hov lane anyways so i've seen that um but now you know with less people driving more people working from home um i just think you're shutting off an option for again, we the people who are still out there driving and paying crazy amounts of gas money, can you put in something about like, hey, can you like tack on like a decrease in the price of gas with getting rid of the HOV lanes? Is that possible? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, I, uh, I, wish I, I, wish, I wish I could. No, but and look, you know, the HOV lanes. I mean, just to kind of you know go down a layer and kind of the complexity of this. Yep. I know your listeners like to like your kind of the full story. Uh, Basically, those HOV lands were were built about 20 years ago using federal dollars, and the problem for you know for the you know for us right. for Texans is that in order to make them not HOV lands, we literally have to get permission from the federal government to do that. You are correct. And yep. we're, over the last couple of years, you know, asking the U.S. Department of Transportation, hey. Can we, you know, what do we need to do to get this not to be an HOV lane, you know, or how do we, how do we do something with this? 
uh, to get more utilization out of those lands. So I think there was a, a, a very earnest, uh, well-intended effort. The theory, hey, if we create these HOV lands, more people will carpool, we'll get more cars off the road, uh, we'll give them a, a faster route to get to work. Um, but it just, it unfortunately didn't really work. Uh, and it always really worked here in North Texas, but across the country. There are many examples of HOV lanes just not really having uh, lived up to their expectation. Um, right. And so I think it's time for the next step. Uh, what's interesting about this particular problem is that is that it's not just in Dallas that we have this problem. There, this problem is actually around the country uh, and actually was able to get uh, legislators uh, from a lot of urban areas who have HOV lanes that were built with these uh, uh, congestion mitigation dollars or CMAC dollars okay. uh, around the country actually helped me to get this, to get to some support and to make the point that, hey, this is a problem and we need to have kind of a, an idea of what do we want to do next. Um, if the HOV, if HOV lane worked, you can keep it, no problem. But if it didn't work, what do you want? How are you going to take the next How do you step? resolve so, it? Exactly. And I think yeah. with, and I think moving forward, and this is a good lesson um, for local folks who are in charge of transportation, as well as folks in the federal government who, that's where obviously a lot of the money comes from, um, sometimes all of the money. Um, I think this is one of those lessons in the future that plan ahead and you know look look at all options and obviously you're not you're not to blame for the HOV lanes you weren't you weren't in office back back then um but it's one of those things be more forward thinking when it comes to our highways our freeways and our tollways so um thank you for your efforts there and if you'll please keep us posted on that and then to the crew um make sure um we we get we flood your office and you know other local north texas offices with with this um, effort saying hey yes get rid of the hov lanes because then you can take that back and when you're arguing this point in committee or on the floor you can say hey yeah. I, i've had this many constituents reach out to me you yeah. know a thousand constituents reached out to me just in a 24-hour period and they said this so um yeah and then so, and, yeah Encourage input, love it, you know, helps helps me make my case, you know, to my colleagues in Congress and say, hey, this is a problem. And I've got this many voters that say, hey, we'd really like to see uh, those HOV lanes open up uh, and, you know, re re reduce congestion, uh, you know, faster times to work, uh, reduce fuel costs. I mean, like, if, if you know, roads are good, they move people. Um, you know, and look again. We we no question uh, that North Texas gave this uh, a, a real try. We really you know put we put dollars behind it, effort, years uh, to make sure HOV lanes worked, and and you know it just it it, it didn't pan out the way we had hoped right. it would. So I think it's time to take the next logical step, and this really gives uh, North Texas control of its roads again. I mean, unfortunately, with the federal government, you know they had some strings attached to those dollars, saying once you build these HOV lanes, you can never do anything else with that road. Right. Uh, and. Uh, this is, this will this particular legislative fix will hopefully fix that uh, for North Texas, but it also I think sets a, a pathway for other places to fix this exact same problem. Agree, agree. So I love that being proactive. Speaking of being proactive and and something from back in the day, do you have a few minutes to discuss the appropriations packet? I think y'all are getting ready to vote on that, the one that's trying to get rid of the Hyde Amendment. Yeah. So for those that don't know, uh, you know, back in the seventies. Uh, there was a discussion about abortion in this country. And one thing that people kind of settled in on was that the federal government shouldn't pay for abortions, uh, that our tax dollars uh, shouldn't pay for abortions, that if somebody made that choice, 
Uh, that's their choice, uh, you know, and 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 so uh, and and that is that has been really kind of accepted um, policy for the federal government for literally decades at this point. And you're seeing a series of appropriation packages come out off the House floor, which get rid of the Hyde Amendment. It's actually now are, are appropriating specific dollars uh, to help Planned Parenthood. And so uh, this is really a violation. Do we, do we be cut out just a little bit? It's right for taxpayers to have to be forced to put the bill and pay for abortions well, that they con- don't agree with. Congressman, you, you cut out on us for a second. You said this is really a violation of, and can you finish your sentence there? Oh, sure. It's, it's, it's a violation of, 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 of this basic principle that, uh, that taxpayers uh, shouldn't pay for abortions. Um, right. And so... Uh, you know, it's it's unfortunate that the Democrats have chosen to go this way, and it's caused a lot of a lot of consternation. Uh, and I've taken several different legislative steps and and, and letters saying, hey, th- th- we should not get rid of the Hyde Amendment. We should restore the Hyde Amendment. And and again, what's upsetting about it is that this is something that Republicans and Democrats actually came to a conclusion that hey, right, uh, wherever we may fall. The abortion issue, we don't think the taxpayers should have to pay for the abortions. Right. And that's and you know, and it's I'm glad you mentioned that because I know you've you've got people that you know, I've got people that I know and I've worked with in the political arena who they are pro choice and, and and you know, those these are some folks who, you know, I'm pro life, they're pro choice. They're we're never gonna change each other's minds on that particular issue. But that they're real big on, hey, you, but you know what? I don't want taxpayer dollars going into that because I've got Democrat friends that I know that are pro-choice, but politically, but personally, they're very much against that choice. And so their thing is, I don't even want my tax dollars going to it. So I guess I don't understand, you know, well, I mean, it's politics, so obviously there is a debate on that. But it seems like that would that would be like a, an area on abortion where you could work in a bipartisan manner or, you know, or is that one of those things that because it's just such a political hot topic that you can't even get common sense legislation out of it? Well, I think, I think what it really speaks to just how radicalized the Democrat, some, you know, a lot of the Democrat office holders in Congress have become uh, on this issue is that something that was sort of mainstream, you know, mainstream American thought was, Hey, taxpayers shouldn't pay for abortion. Uh, you know, and, I mean, you look at President Biden when he's a U.S. senator. I mean, he's was on, I mean, we, you know, there are clips of him on the floor saying, you know, the Hyde is the right thing to do. You know, we, right. you know, taxpayers should fortune. I mean, this is, and then, but now um, he's in a he's in a different place. I think it just shows you uh, how the fringe elements of the Democratic Party have really taken over, and you're watching, you know, some pretty serious steps that I think, I think you know, run in the face of, of, you know, the average American doesn't want to see their taxpayer dollars paying for abortions. Right, right. And, and again, yeah, so it, it's, it's that hypocrisy that comes out of D.C. sometimes, sometimes, a lot of the times, not from you, fortunately, um, you know, where we're like, okay, wait a second, if you said this back then, and then I had I saw somebody when, when we were talking the Hyde Amendment protections, I'd seen something on social media just the other day speaking to this and they said i don't understand um back in the day we didn't have um uh, sonograms and so you know there wasn't the science to support that life began at conception and this was a person who was truly trying to god love him trying to have a, a an you know an intelligent conversation about a very highly charged topic and they said so science 
was on their side then, but now why isn't science on their side and, and why are they still wanting to take my tax dollars to pay for something that I don't believe in? And it, again, it just, it's just one of those things where you're like, okay, so because the left, the far left has taken over the Democrats and this administration that Biden, now President Biden is going against what he said when he was, you know, 40 plus year Senator Biden. Right. No, it's 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 definitely a, a, a an unfortunate you know shift uh, from kind of the mainstream American thought to you know the radical left, and, and then it's taken over within the within you know Congress for the Democrats here. That they would walk away from something that just you know for decades has been you know basically uncontroversial. Again, it was a discussion to get to it, but once it was decided, uh, the Hyde Amendment has really been a sort of a mainstay. Of, of in American politics, this idea that hey, like taxpayers shouldn't have to pay for abortion. Exactly. Well, and I've got a question to uh, to get to you for next week. Um, uh, mm-hmm. We've got Coach Quigley says, please ask about the Democratic Party January sixth investigation to Republicans who are clearly anti-Trump. So maybe we can talk a little bit about that next week because I know that's a a hot topic out there and people are very passionate one side or the other on that as well. Um, all, all the hot topics, all the fun stuff. We could, we could, like a to- like I said at the beginning of the show, we could have done just an hour with you today. So we really do appreciate your time. Uh, keep up the good work for we the people. How do people follow you? Get in touch with you. Get on your email distribution list. Um, how do we get in touch with you? Sure. Uh, well, I'll, I'll have my I'll have my staff put some stuff up uh, on your Fantastic. on your on your but you can you can Google me Van Taylor uh, and you can uh, get on my congressional. Uh, email list. Uh, we, I've got a Twitter. I have a Twitter account. You can follow. Uh, I think Rep. Van Taylor. Uh, you can follow that, and then uh, also a Facebook account if that's if that's how you want to do it. And you can follow the goings on uh, in my Capitol office and what I'm doing. Just know I'm here to work for you. And for all those of you out there that don't know, I, I have a hundred percent meeting policy. Yes. So I've met with every ever asked to meet with me, uh, and it's it's my privilege and honor to get to do that. And it's made me a far better. Uh, legislator to hear uh, and get the input from the people who I work for. And uh, most importantly, the very best bills that I've carried into law have come straight from the people. Absolutely. Uh, so, to, to, to hear from them uh, and, and to work with everybody uh, in the third district to try to make it a better, you know, a, a, an even better place. It's pretty hard to believe uh, when you live in the third district, you're one of the safest, uh, best yes. educated, uh, most successful districts in the country. Yes. And as I tell my constituents, maybe one day your district can be as good as mine. There you there you go. I love it. Well, thank you so much for your service. We appreciate you stepping up and standing up for um, We the People. Just keep up the good work and good luck. Uh, may the force be with you in D.C. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. All right. Have a blessed week. All right. Congressman Van Taylor of the 3rd District. Um, always a pleasure to have him on the show. Of course, 100% meeting policy. You know, it's interesting um, over the years because he's been on our radio show as a state representative, as um, a state senator. Um, he's uh, as a U.S. congressman. Then he moved over to our podcast network. And, um, you know, we're always... Um, you know, talking about just very important issues. You know, here we were talking about, you know, uh, taxpayer-funded abortions. We're talking about the border security. We're talking about the pandemic and, you know, to mask or not to mask. We're talking about HOV lanes, all of these different things that we're discussing. And um, over the years, you know, JP and I have repeatedly had um, friends and members of the crew who aren't from 
this district say, how do I get my congressman to reach out to me? Or how do I get my state senator or state representative to answer a phone call? And um, you know, that's what their job is. Keep on, you know, take to social media and say, hey, I can't get a return phone call from so-and-so's office. It's their job to communicate with you. It's their job to answer to you because if you're the taxpayer, you're their boss, and that's the way it works. That's that's how we the people works, and God bless our founding fathers. I mean, literally, you know, I the older I get, the smarter my parents get. The older I get, the smarter the founding fathers get. Um, you know, we're very blessed to live in the, live in this country. We're we're getting ready to sign off, but I do want to plant a seed for something that I want your opinion on. If you can go to um, uh, YouTube, Spotify, I can't remember all the places we are. Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. Um, put in your thoughts on. Uh, Simone Biles. JP and I will be discussing this more on Friday. Um, she has officially, it, it, she stepped away from the team competition for mental health reasons, and she is now, if I was reading correctly early this morning, and I'm trying to look over the link I sent to myself, um, she will not compete um, in any of the individual if I'm correct, I think that's that was the news as of early this morning that she won't be competing in the individual um, competition. Wow, 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 has the media and social media blown up with opinions on this. And um, would love to know your thoughts on, um, you know, her stepping away from this due to her mental health. Uh, and, and we're 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 at, at the end of the show, so we're going to definitely talk about this more on Friday because there are all kinds of opinions out there. And so it's one of those things that I'm trying to look, and I'm looking at my friends who are posting, and I'm trying to figure out: is this a political issue? Is this a, if you're a Republican, you think this? If you're a Democrat, you think this? Actually, that's not the case. Um, and there's, I think, there's some good points being made from from different folks who are taking a different approach to it than I than I would have anticipated they would have because of maybe where they stood on the election and different things of that nature. So anyways, fascinating, fascinating. But we do, um, no matter um, what you think about her decision, we do here at JP, Kathy and the crew um, want to say we're praying for Simone, um, just a precious um, young lady, um, incredibly talented athlete. Um, I know I've, I've got a couple of folks in my family who, several folks in my family, um, who battle mental illnesses with either um, depression, anxiety, severe depression, bipolar. Um, my heart goes out to somebody who's got a mental health issue because it literally is, can be as debilitating as being as in a stage four terminal cancer situation. So um, anyways, but we'll be talking about this more. We are sending prayers to her. We're sending prayers to our entire um, uh, Olympic, all of our um, United States Olympians. Um, and I think Coach Quigley, didn't you say that the um, men's, uh, men, did, did we win? Um, anyway, so I think, uh, let's see, um, da, 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 there's, oh, USA, uh, oh, the gold medal count, um, 10 uh, gold medals, 11 silver, 9 bronze, that's awesome. Oh, um, you said, the, that's it, the U.S. women's 3x3 three three basketball wins the gold medal, so congratulations to them. I gotta go, I've got to go back and watch that game. Anyways, y'all have a blessed day. We will see you soon. Um, we'll see you Friday, and um, 
lots of shows in between. The lawyer show coming up tomorrow at noon. Just stick around and have a blessed one. See you soon. Bye-bye.